You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Ross from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting that bell notification. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, but sometimes, you know, I'm in a good mood. You know, maybe, I don't know, my stand beating Chelsea or something like that. And so, there'll be two, three times uh, a day. So, make sure you hit that bell so you don't miss any of the great interviews we've got coming up. Um, got some great guests lined up. We always do, including today's guest. You'd have known him. He's, uh, you know, the self-proclaimed face of sex jocks and control. <laughs> it's Kevin Slade. How you doing, man? I'm not bad, Ross. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. I've, I've, I've gone somewhere new today. If anyone watches the channel, um, I'm usually stuck in a bedroom, but I've, I've gone, I'll try something new. It's a bit echoey, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works today. Um, now, I'm very well. How's, how's lockdown treated you? Um, obviously, it's been difficult, um, but, you know, tomorrow is a new day, the 4th of July, where everything gets opened back up. Um, initially, I was looking forward to it, but I don't think I am now. I kind of got used to uh, being in a lockdown and having a bit of peace and quiet. But um, yeah, it's it, it could be worse, I suppose, mate. It, it could yeah. be worse. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I know what you mean. I've, and I've got quite used to not not. Uh, oh, she's she's asleep anyway. Um, I've got quite used to uh, not having to do anything at the weekend. You know, like you know, you feel yeah. like. When the weekend comes, particularly I've got a small daughter, a young daughter, as well. You feel pressure to do something, um, but. You can't go anywhere, but now you you fucking can. So it's like, <laughs> so I'm going to try and log out for a bit longer. But, you know, football's back. Brilliant. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, I'll be totally honest with you. I, I feel so dirty for saying this, but I didn't miss it. No, I, I didn't. didn't miss it. No. Until the build-up to the yeah, first game yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Project restart. And that's yeah. when I was kind of like, oh. You know, watched every game, and it's it's really weird, isn't it? Watching it without the um without the crowd there sounds yeah. like a training match, doesn't it? Really, really strange. Really weird, really weird. I mean, mm. I I mean, I, I was probably like a lot of people. I toggled between main event and Premier League, yeah. just, just to try and get it. I think I think I put, I do prefer the crowd noise. Um, I mean, yeah, I I'm, do. Yeah, I mean, when I'm at West Ham, moment it is weird because obviously now I'm used to the crowd noise, and now I go to watch watch it at London Stadium, and it's like you know. 
yeah. can hear the journos, you yeah. can hear the journos <laughs> typing, which is mental. But um, no, yeah, it's it's a bit weird, but it is what it is. And you know, everyone wasn't looking forward to it. And then one game, one game plays well, we play well against mm. Chelsea, and everyone's happy again now. It's incredible the effect that one one result has on people's well-being in terms of West Ham. Um, they do it to us all the time, though, don't they, West Ham? And you, and you just knew before the Chelsea game, I mean, it was either going to be Spurs or Chelsea, you just knew that we were going to nick a result from one of those yeah. two. Yeah. She just it to us all the time. And to mm. be fair, the Spurs one, it, you know, until the first goal came in, it weren't, we weren't playing too bad as well. You know, it's like, it was sort of like went in ourselves afterwards. But that Chelsea game, yeah, it was, uh, the only downside obviously was there was no one there. It was, exactly. It's one, of, it's one of those nights that people remember, do you know what I mean? Certain matches. Mm. But no one was there, so it'd be weird. But. 89th minute winner as well, you know. I would have gone, I would have gone mental if I was there. Yeah. As well exactly. as the rest of the stadium, but, you know, such is life. I, I did. Three points. Don't worry, I didn't, yeah. Kev. I was there <laughs> in my box. All right, you don't have to rub it in. You don't have to rub it in, Russell. It was me and, and then, uh, and then I, I was, because um, obviously Mark wasn't playing, was he? So he was in sort of the, mm. uh, I call it the protest area. Where, where, where the fan, where the fans congregated on, you know, for, you know, when they had their little protest a couple of years ago against yeah. the Burnley game, uh, and and he was there, and David Martin was there, and I could see him, and obviously there was no cameras on them, but those two were like proper. If they could, they were almost like punching a hole in the wall when that goal came in, when Yama scored that mm. goal. But uh, no, it's amazing, amazing, amazing. Anyway, we talk, the idea of this is we talk about the memories, not the uh, not the stuff that's happening now. Every other channel does that. We talk about stuff that's happened, which is good. Um, in terms of you, Kev, the first question I ask all fans is, is why West Ham? Why is, why is West Ham your club? Pretty much like every other West Ham fan, really, mate. I didn't, I didn't have a choice. Um, <laughs> I was born into it. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my, my nan and my granddad, both from the East End, both from Limehouse. Um, obviously, they had my dad, West Ham, born into it. Didn't have a choice. And obviously, as per usual, mate, it goes through the generation. So, yeah, um, English and, and a West Ham supporter. So, not had much, uh, no, <laughs> not had much joy that. with football. It's quite funny. You interview some people um, and literally it's, you know, people who have been fans for a long time. Um, mm. And you ask them why they've been a West Ham fan. And it might have been, you know, they were watching telly and it was on Match of the Day. And they went, oh, I'll pick that team. And it could have been anyone. It could have been Man City, Chelsea, but it was West Ham. And then they've still been West Ham fans, you know, 50, 60 years on. It's, it's really interesting to, have, uh, you know, how, how it all works. But um, obviously from, you know, when obviously you were, so I imagine you probably, you probably went to your first games quite early on. Your dad probably dragged you. Early nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Remember very your, early nineties. Remember your first game? I don't remember my very first game because my dad started taking me to testimonials and friendlies to kind of sort of ease me in, so to speak. But my very first competitive game was against Wolves, um, the game after Bobby Moore died. Oh, God, wow. So that was, that was my very, very first sort of competitive league game at West Ham. We was in the old, um, the old Division 2. This yeah. is obviously the year before the Premier League was formed. Yes. And we were battling for promotion yeah. um, under Billy Bonds, obviously. But that was like my first proper season. Uh, going to West Ham I think I was either seven or eight years old but prior to that as I said I went to a couple of testimonials and my dad was just dipping his toe in the water with me yeah, to see how, yeah. I, to see how I would uh, take to it and I loved it yeah, so yeah, but I can't remember who the first one was against I'll have to, I'll have to look that up to be honest with you mate but my first competitive game as I said was against Wolves the game after Bobby Moore died 
So wow. So you yeah, were a proper glory hunter, time. Kev, weren't you? Really? I mean, you know. Oh, proper glory hunter, mate. Proper yeah. <laughs> glory hunter. You know, just before they go up and stuff, and obviously, yeah, you know, right. <laughs> it's just been glory since. I mean, you had intertoto cut wins, you had uh, playoff final. Two I mean, do you know what? It's, yeah. it's just been. It's just been, you know, it's a bit of a piss take, really. You come on board. Now, you used to obviously, you know, obviously the sex talk and cold and cold stuff. You know, mm. you must have, you must have had lots of lots of unique experiences and unique memories, which other people probably haven't had the opportunity of doing. Yeah. Um, any of them sort of stick out, like as, as, as sort of main ones? Because obviously, for most people, it's matches and stuff. But you've obviously done stuff a little different compared to other people. I'd say the best memories doing SDCC, obviously a lot of people know myself and Dave from the West Amway. Now the West Amway, Dave Walker, we formed it together. Mm. Um, and predominantly we were doing um, interviews. That's what it was known for, filmed interviews. You couldn't, you could neither hear or see myself and Dave on camera. That was the sort of technique that we wanted to use. Yeah. Like a little bit different to what everyone else was doing at the time. Um, and yeah, we've got some great memories. We met some fantastic people. Some most of who we are still in touch with now um but i'll probably say that the one that really sticks out is when we done um we interviewed bobby zamora mm. um and that was at the qpr training ground so a friend of mine a really really good friend of mine uh he's a professional footballer he played for qpr at the time he's no longer there so he kind of sorted it out for us it took us a long time to yeah. get it over the line but he kind of sorted it out for us so there was myself dave and uh, the cameramen that we used. Um, we've all gone to the QPR training ground, dressed head to toe in sex, drugs and cult and cold West Ham gear. And they were still training when we turned up. So when we got to the gate, obviously security guards there, you know, the QPR training ground security guard, and he's yeah. looked at us all and he's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I can't remember the chap's name now, but my friend at the time said, I'll oh, just ask for, just say Frog and say Keaton. So I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm here for Ian or, whatever his name was. So he's came out and he's looked at us in the car and gone, what exactly are you doing here? And we said, oh, we're interviewing Bobby Zamora. So he's radioed through to this bloke, he's radioed through to this bloke, he's called John, he's chatted to Harry or whatever. So anyway, my mate has had to come off the training pitch to say, no, they're here to be with Bobby. And there's a couple of little, couple of little stories. I don't think I can mention when we was walking through, walk past the changing rooms and we did see a, a Premier League footballer naked, drying himself as we walked past the changing rooms. Um, Charlie Austin was walking along on his phone down the hallway. And we've gone, all right, Charlie, like that. He's looked at us and gone, all right. And sort of had a double take, like, what the fuck are these like, doing here in West Ham? It was really, really funny. It was just such a surreal moment yeah, yeah, for yeah. the QPR players more than anyone. But yeah. I could I could go a little bit further, but I think I think I'll park that one there for now. <laughs> so it was a good experience that one. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, as you said, you know, being a fan and doing that type of stuff. Um, I mean, I'm sort of sort of doing it now. You know, it's 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 amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, you sort of mm. interview these people. I've been very fortunate to do, and and yourself, and um, it's weird. You know, they're just like normal people. I don't know what yeah, I, I, mean, to, I don't know what I'm meant to expect really, but they just all seem normal. Yeah, I mean, the very first one we done was Julian Dix. Wow. And that was a, that was a, um, I think that was at Averley FC. This when I think they've, I think they've built a new stadium now, but it's when they was at their old place. Like it was a real, you know, with all due respect to him, it was a real dump. Yeah. So uh, we went there to do that in the clubhouse. And um, I, I was, I was like a little kid. I mean, I was stuttering my words when I was reading out the questions that like I was breaking the sweats because he was my hero growing up. Yeah. Like Julian was my absolute, I, I loved him. 
I used to shave my head in school to be like him. So, I mean, I absolutely love Julian Dix. And uh, we had him on the radio show a couple of times when I used to be on the West Way radio show. Mm. And um, the more you talk to him, you know, he's, he, you're right, he's just a normal bloke. You know, he really is just a normal bloke, really down to earth. And after a while, you're right, Russ, it just, it, it's just normal, really. They say mm. you should never meet your heroes, but I disagree with that because Julian, lovely fella. Yeah, no, uh, I get that. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And that, that sort of, that sort of um, segues in nicely to talk about this sort of Hammers 11 idea. Um, mm. So the idea being was obviously we get fans and ex-players and ex-coaches and ex-managers, whoever we get on, um, to do mm. their sort of Hammers 11. So the idea being is, for the fans' perspective, it's people they've seen. Um, so you have to be alive to have seen them play, not necessarily seen them play live because, you know, a lot of the American guys don't get a chance to come over. Um, but course. you have to be alive. So obviously, you know, you, myself and me, you know, we couldn't put Bobby Moore in our team because we haven't seen Bobby Moore play, but we have seen exactly, yeah. Javier Margas. Yeah, 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 exactly. We interviewed um I interviewed uh, a guy today, um uh, uh a guy called Anwar Udin who used to play for he used to, he used to play for Islam, he was on the on the ninety nine team, um youth team, uh centre back guy. Uh, and he was Javier Margas's boot boy. And he was like, you know, fucking, Is that right? Yeah, he didn't have a fucking clue <laughs> what, what what was going on. He had oh. he had Ian Pierce and um, Javier Margas as his they were the boot boy, his boot boys then too. And uh, gosh, yeah. thinking of past now, isn't it, boot boys? It's uh, funny, never, never got that now. Never got a tip. Yeah. never got a decent tip off them. Um, you know, Christmas tip or whatever. We interviewed Bertie Braley once, and um, he said he was Di Canio's boot boy. It's like incredible. I think I think I would do that job. You know what I mean? It's like. And uh, at Christmas, he went, uh, come here, come here, Bertie. And he was thinking, oh, here we go, quids in, quids in. You know, we were on like £30 a week or whatever. He gives me his pair of boots and they're three sizes too small for me and no shoelaces in them. <laughs> Can he give me fucking shoelaces? <laughs> <laughs> That's Paolo. Oh, That's Paolo. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. so anyway, this this eleven, uh, as I said, we try and keep it four four two. But if you want to change the formations, it's cool, man. I'm not really bothered now. I'm getting um mm. getting soft in my old age, I think. Um, but it's your eleven. So basically, you can talk about whoever you want to talk about. So if you want to, the, the, the technically the best players or your favourite players mm. or whatever, you know, we've had some really random elevens, but it's your eleven. So you, it's an open brief, basically. Yeah. Um, well, well, what I've done, I mean. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to state the obvious. Yeah. You know, of all the legends, you know, all the best players that we've seen, you know, the Tevezes and players like that. So what I've done, I've gone with a world 11 nice. of West Ham players that I've seen play live. But I've tried to make it a bit difficult for myself by selecting just one player from the nationality they represent. Nice. So I'm only allowed yeah. one player. So it, it was difficult in the end. So there are a couple of random ones in there where people might scratch their head and think, why the fuck have you put him in there? But I will explain why I've put yeah. these players in there. That's all right. Everyone has so, a reason. So that's good. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, Kev, who is in goal for the Slade 11? Right, so I've gone for the classic 4-4-2. Um, and in goal is obviously, you know, I had to go with Ludo. Yeah. £300,000 signed from Banneker Strava, Lou Macari, fantastic signing. He gave us six solid years. He was there till 1998, eight years, but he gave us six to seven solid years for West Ham. And uh, I, till this day, I don't think I've seen a better goalkeeper playing goal for West Ham. As mm. consistent and as solid as Ludo. You know, we've had players like David James, Rob Green, keepers like that, you know, really, really good keepers at West Ham. But mm. Ludo, 100%, absolutely solid between the sticks for us. So 
Ludo is my goalkeeper, my number one. Yeah, and Czech Republic as well. Well, yeah, I, suppose, right. I suppose you could do Russia as well. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> if you want to take it back that far. But <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll put, yeah. we'll put Ludo in. Okay, let's go, let's go left back then, Kev. Right, so my left back, this was, it, it wasn't a difficult decision for my left back, but it was a difficult decision because of the quality English players that yeah. we've had play for West Ham. And obviously I'm only allowed to choose one player from yeah. that nation. So I've obviously gone with Julian Dix. Of course, yeah. My absolute hero as a kid growing up, you know, for me, Julian, he, he really, he is the epitome of what West Ham United is yep, for me. Yep. You know, heart, guts, you know, determination, effort. He really understood the fan base and we love him too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was our penalty king, fantastic captain for West Ham. And, you know, his, uh, his career was cut really short at, what, 29, 30 years old? Mm. Such a shame. So much more to offer as yeah. well at yeah, the peak of his career. So I've gone with Dixie because, you know, I love him and he's an absolute West Ham legend. Yeah, exactly. So yep. my centre-backs. Go on, so my first one, this might surprise a few people. The reason why I've gone with this centre-back is because I'm basing this one purely on what could have been and what a talent he was. Have a Margas. Right. No, it wasn't that game, I guess. <laughs> right, so this player is Finnish. Oh, he ne- I know he never you actually mean. played for us permanently. Brilliant. We had him on loan from a team called Viking FK in Stavanger, Finland. Yeah. And this man goes by the name of Hanu Tienen. I think he only played about he only played about ten or eleven games for us. But I tell you what, at the time when he played for us, again, he was only on loan. Mm. But fucking hell, I was so impressed with him. He was mm. such a good player. And even till this day, I don't understand why Harry never it. signed him on a yeah. permanent. What, why he didn't pay the money. I mean, obviously, it was a long time ago now. We didn't have the ITKs in the internet, you know, to find out all these little stories or whatever. Yeah. But Hanu's here and fucking what a player he was. Like, yeah. really, 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 truly a great centre-back. He was. So, I've gone with Hanu. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if... Didn't they spend the money on somewhere... Uh, I've got... I think it, I think it was Rigobert Song. No, it was Rigobert. Yeah. They signed three players. It was Rigobert Song, Titi um, Kamara, Titi Kamara, and I think the other one might have been Daly. Mm. It was a lot of money. I think I've got that. that right. Yeah. yeah, they wanted a lot of money for him, but I remember Redknapp doing the classic Harry. He signed uh, three for the price of one. <laughs> the price of one. And I didn't rate any of them. Titi Kamara, God bless him. Yeah, but I've gone with Hanu, so he's the first centre back. The second centre back. Um, no stranger to West Ham fans. He was obviously our manager for the last season at the Bowling as well. I've gone with yeah. Slab, yeah. Croatia. Um, 1.3 million from Hedjog Split. Uh, again, fantastic carry signing. Very short um, time with West Ham, 18 months. But again, fantastic centre-back, very reliable. Very silky as well, Slav. I think he had it all. He had everything in his locker as a centre-back, yeah. 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 So I've gone with Slav as a centre-back. And obviously... Um, you know, my heart still lays with him because of his uh, his managerial stint with us as well. So, yeah. those are my two centre backs. I've gone with Hanu nice. and Slav. Fucking fucking strong spare centre backs. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> right, so my right back. Yeah. Um, again, this might surprise a few people. Signed for six million from Blackburn Rovers in two thousand and six seven. That's Lucas Neil. Yeah. And the reason why I've gone with Lucas Neil is because. 
he was such an important signing at the yeah. time when we were on our knees. I mean, we were staring relegation in the face. You know, we looked, yeah. just lost 6-0 to, to Reading away, which must I say was probably one of the worst one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a West Ham side. It was absolutely diabolical. And, um, you know, Kirby signed Lucas and uh, he really galvanised the lads. Yeah. I mean, a lot of players from that era that we've spoken to doing what we do, they all say Lucas Neil, you know, without him. Yeah. We, I had, we had it with Anton. Down. had yeah. it with Anton the other day. Um, yeah. Does, talks a great story of, of Lucas Neil where literally... Lucas knew they were at the, 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 the ground and basically he said, right, we're going to have a team meeting, um, put them all in, um, Mervyn Day and Kerbs try and get in. And Neil went, no, nah, fuck off, it's just team. Mm. And he basically said, look, and he basically said, look, if you don't want to play for us, fuck off and get out. You know, that's basically mm. what he said. Um, but obviously in Australian accent it would have been even more friendly yeah, you know of course. I mean? yeah, he was yeah. a, he, do you know what there's, there's some great stories in that Anton one about Lucas Neal and um, stuff I didn't really think about you know um, he also he, turned he, down Liverpool for us as well yeah he did I mean come on whether it was the money or what I don't know but... <laughs> he did get well paid didn't he? <laughs> he, he turned well down paid. Liverpool yeah yeah but, um... he, little things like he made he, he made he before he was he was in charge he was captain um, when he came in he made everyone if they won a game he mm. would go around and get get um, a percentage of the players win bonus he would collect mm. it and give it to the ground staff and the cleaners and the kit men exactly um, I mean ability wise I mean ability wise Lucas wasn't no. wasn't the best he, he wasn't no. the best but as a character as a captain and the sheer importance at the time when we were on our knees and once again, you know, for the probably in our lifetime, Russ, probably for the tenth time, we've been staring relegation in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, he really was uh, an instrumental figure in that dressing room yeah. for West Ham. So that's the reason, the main reason why I've chosen Lucas. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yep, yeah. yeah, he's that's my right good. back. And that is a tough back four. It is a tough back four, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> I've obviously got a four-man midfield. Yep. So in the centre, I'm going to start with again. This might surprise a few people. I've gone with Stevie Lomas, um, Northern Ireland, 2.5 million. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Signed from Man City, once yeah. again by Harry. Yeah. Um, we signed we signed Lomi in 96-97. Um, once again, same old story, staring relegation in the face. Mm. Around about the same sort of time we signed John Artson and Paul Kitson. Um, but again, I don't think I don't think Lomi gets enough credit no. for that season because he was signed by Harry to come in and stiffen up that midfield. And once again, he, he was a captain for us as well for many years, mm. Steve Lomas. And I think he was a very underrated captain. I mean, I thought he was a very good captain for West yeah. Ham. Um, and, you know, he was that bite that we needed in the midfield at the time mm. um, in that 96-97 season. So I've gone with Stevie uh, in the middle. Uh, my second player to play in the middle, I mean, you could put him behind the front too, but... We put him in the middle because we've gone for a classic 4-4-2. Yeah. Is the little Israeli, 1.7 million from Maccabi Haifa, Isle Berkovich. Yeah. Um, mate, what, what can I say about Isle? Yeah. I still think we haven't replaced him, believe it oh, or not. Good shout. 20, good odd, 20 odd years ago. Mm. I mean, you could have the argument of uh, Yossi Benyoun. But for those that saw, those that are old enough to remember Isle and Yossi, I thought mm. Berkovich was, was strides ahead of Yossi. Yeah, yeah. I really did. Absolutely different class. And once again, you know, I don't think, I still don't think we've replaced him 20 no. years on. Yeah, what you're right. I mean, fantastic. It was a, it was a yeah, magician. You're right. 
Yeah, it was a toss-up between Yoshi Benoin, um for that sort of Israeli spot. Um, yeah, Berkovich and and Yanif Kaitan as well. Yeah, yeah, it was a That's a Pardew signing, wasn't it? You nearly got me there. That was the Pardew yeah, boy, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you nearly got me there, Russell. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. It looks really serious now, but yeah, Berkovich was great, and obviously we interviewed Johnny and Johnny Hartson, and he couldn't speak highly of, of, it, of him in terms of what he. Mm. I mean, it was no coincidence. The season we signed, the, the, obviously we signed Berkovich in the summer. That that following season, Hartson was second top goal scorer in the Premier League, and. Do you know what? I'm I'm surprised that he never went on to a bigger club. I mean, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Celtic are a huge club in Scotland, but, but I'm surprised that he didn't go on to a bigger, you know, Premiership mm. club. I'm glad that he didn't. But yeah, what what a player he was! Fantastic player, Isle. Yeah, brilliant. So, so that leaves me that leaves me with the right and left in midfield. Um, now again, once again, this is probably going to surprise a few people, but I thought I'd try and be as different as possible. Uh, Little Portuguese midfielder signed on loan from Sporting Lisbon. Oh. Classic red nap signing. Yeah. Uh, he goes by the name of Hugo Porfirio. First time he's appeared. First time, is that right? Yeah, we've had, we, we had Dani, but we had Hugo Porfirio. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. In, yeah. in you get, mate. So I've, I've gone for Hugo um, because, again, at the time, he was really the only player that we had that offered a bit of, you know, a bit of flair, a bit of excitement in, in that West Ham side. Yeah. And, you know, as a, as a 13, like 12, 13-year-old boy, um, when I was like really, really getting into football, Hugo come along. And again, I always wanted to be in, in Wembley when we used to go over the park. What a fantastic little player he was. And he was another player that got away that Harry didn't want to sign, which no. I couldn't understand yeah. at the time, you know? yeah. So, but what a really exciting little player he was, Hugo. Uh, you know, he scored that fantastic goal against Wrexham as well in the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, but he famously hadn't seen the snow before, has he? That was the thing. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, he was like Bambi on ice, wasn't he? Yeah. Running out there. But, Good um, Yeah, so I've gone for Hugo. Yeah, nice. On the left. Yeah. On the left is, is, is an obvious one. Um, you know, he broke our hearts back in, uh, back in 2016 yeah. when he forced for a move to, uh, to Marseille. And that is uh, Dimmy, Dimmy Pyatt. Yeah. Um, I don't really need to say much on Dimmy. No. Um, he is probably by far the best player that I've probably seen at West Ham, yeah, bar no, one, who's also yeah. in this team. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think, to be honest, I know yeah. he will be in this team, but I think technically he was the best I've seen technically. He's not the best player. I think the per- best person's mm. best player is, I think, probably coming up. But technically, he he was the best. And I think a play to be a player, you need different attributes. Mm. You don't just have to be. Technical. I think with I think with Dimi as well is the average players that we had at the club. He brought the best out of them as well. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, in that final season. You know, I mean, you could go with it was the spirit of the bowling, and obviously it was Nobles' first season as captain. But that was a magical, magical season. That was, that was the last season at the bowling, mm. and obviously he had a massive part to play in that. So, you know, as much as I hated him for what he'd done uh, when he forced for a move and left, and basically left us in the shit, I can't mm. not have him in this team. No. So I've Makes gone with Dimmy. So that's yeah. my midfield. But you're right, and, and but, don't, but yeah. you know, people people forget how he came to us. He came to us doing pretty much the mm. same thing, and and yeah. those mercenary players. The Payets, Arnautoviches, you know, you have to know they're going to throw their toys out. So that's the type yeah. of player it is. I think he'd done it at every club he was at. I think he'd done yeah. it 
he done it at Lille, we done it at Saint Etienne. Um, yeah, so we knew what we were getting at the end of the day. Yeah. But obviously, just as West Ham supporters, yeah, as West Ham supporters, you know, we get a player like that, we're just yeah. blinded by, you know, by their uh, by their talent, aren't we? So yeah, but that's, give, that's my mission exactly. anyway. Russell. And we give him, and we give yeah. him a song and everything like that, and then he doesn't he just throws in our face. All right, there we go. Mm. Okay, who's up front then? Right, so up top, I will start with the big man we signed from Arsenal for five million in uh, January 1997, Welsh international, big Johnny Artson. Yeah. Um, I've gone with Johnny Artson because he is a piece of the uh, the jigsaw with Berkovic as well. So yeah. that's why I've gone with Johnny Artson. Without Berkovic, he wouldn't have scored those goals, in my opinion. But, no. you know, Johnny Artson, we, once again, we haven't had a player that has scored that many goals since him. And that season, he he played a very, very, very big part in our survival, you know, with mm. Paul Kitson. And the season on from there, we really, really pushed on yeah. um, as a top-half club. I think we finished mm. seventh that season. Yeah. And the season after that was obviously fifth. Um, but John Artson, he was another player, you know, fantastic memories of me when I was a schoolboy. Um, you know, I used to go to school and... You know, it was the bragging rights over the Man United fans and the Arsenal fans. He scored more than Burkham. You know, he's got more than Andy yeah. Cole. And inevitably, Andy Cole did score more than him. But yeah. again, very exciting times to be a West Ham. It West Ham supporter. Johnny Arson was in that side. Brilliant, brilliant time to be a West Ham fan. Um, that is by far my favourite era, the yeah. 90s. It was a soap opera, um, wasn't it, really? It was oh, a soap opera. Oh, it was amazing. Who's this Marco Bougas guy? Who's it? We've got these young kids coming <laughs> yeah. through. Paolo Futre, you know... Mm. It was it was a mental time that Harry era. It really yeah, was. it was a great time to be a West Ham supporter. Definitely. So um, I've gone with Big Johnny Artson. Yep. As the first one up top, and the second one, I think everyone can guess this by now. One point one point five million from Sheffield Wednesday. Massive gamble from Ooh. Harry. Diego Tristan. Paolo. I thought you haven't got a Spaniard, so I thought I thought that was what you did. But yeah, I thought he was going to say Paolo Alves. Then. Do you remember him? Oh, Paolo Alves. Do you remember him? Paolo Alves signed him on loan from um, from Sporting Lisbon. Harry oh, signed him on loan oh, from Sporting yeah, Lisbon. Oh yeah, yeah, great big lanky bloke. Yeah, yeah. fucking bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, fucking barn door. That one. Yeah, it was him. There was. Uh, do you remember that, that spate? Didn't we? We had we had yeah, before after we had Diego Tristan. We had uh, Ilian Guillermo Ilian, Franco uh, Mido. Yeah, Mido Guillermo he Franco. Um, oh, David David Di Michele. Yeah, he wasn't a bad player. Oh, yeah, but it's just, it just comes out. Right. Yeah, he was all right. He was yeah. all right because that was when yeah. we had the, the the patch, the patch, the patch shirt. You know, obviously. Yeah, that's right. Them. But anyway, yeah. back to Paolo. Back to Paolo. Yeah. So obviously, I've gone with Paolo, um, the man who replaced Johnny Artson yeah. when he was sold to Wimbledon, and I got to admit, at the time, um, I'll never forget it because back then you only had the teletext and the newspaper to read. Mm. You know, you never had the ITKs and the internet and. And all this stuff. And I'll never forget it. When I see it on the back of the paper, I thought, I thought, what the fuck has he, like, this is Harry. I thought, yeah. what has he done? Like, why have we signed him? Like, what the fuck? Because obviously, you know, we've let John Artson go for seven million, which was a lot of money back then to, uh, yeah. to Wimbledon. And although he wasn't really on form for, you know, his final half of that season, I thought, what the fuck have we gone and signed this lunatic yeah. for? <laughs> but I tell you what, mate, fucking yeah. hell, am I glad that Harry Redknapp signed that fucking Definitely. lunatic? So... What what a player Paolo was, you know. Um, there's not much I can't say about him, to no. be honest. So, yeah, Paolo said, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. incredible, mate. So, that's that's my eleven. That is my I eleven. Mean, 
Love it, love it. A couple of new names as well to add to that. I think we've had about I thought it'd be a bit different. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think we've been, I think we've had about a hundred and hundred and fifty or different players um, over over the sort of the various interviews, and uh, yeah, that's the great thing because like people have different opinions on different players. They have different perceptions of people and different players. And mm. obviously the players have different perceptions of their, you know, so like, you know, we said, we were talking about Peter Butler before we came on, you know, and Peter Butler and um, no one's put him in, in their team apart from the people who he played with. Um, yeah. Cause he obviously did a lot of work for them. Same with like Hayden Mullins as well. I mean, you know, he's only just started, he hasn't appeared in any like our first 90 odd. And I think, I think Chadwick put him in his one. And then the next one's like people go, Oh yeah, Hayden Mullins, you know, sort of triggers up new things. And, uh, and you know, what? I don't, I don't really want to call him a water carrier, but yeah. every team needs one. They do. You yeah. know, obviously Hayden Mullins in that era, Peter Butler in the early nineties era. I, I mean, I thought he was a great player. Peter was, Butler. Yeah. I really, yeah. really did. He was yeah. a workhorse. Same with Aiden. So every every team needs a player like that. They do, and I've always you know? got a, uh, yeah, Peter Butler has a special place in my heart because he was the first yeah. player I met. Because I mean, you must have gone to them. They used to be the, uh, the Junior Hammer birthday parties at the old ground when a player. Oh, you used to get the shitty McDonald's tickets, didn't you? But no, yeah, no, no when, when a, a pl- yeah, but yeah, but I remember them. But you'd have a, like <laughs> you'd have like the McDonald's. You had like the you know, and you'd be in the little school, the little assembly hall next to the ground, and a player would turn up, like a first team player. And it was Peter yeah. Butler, and it was like yeah, I couldn't imagine that nowadays. You know, like oh, here we go. Here's uh, Sebastian Haller. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, 45 million yeah, yeah, yeah he's it just don't work anymore now but uh, mm. nah, nah love it nice team Kev thanks mate really, really, no really, worries really appreciate mm. the, the effort that's gone into that um, and obviously uh, thanks thanks for your time and obviously thanks everyone for watching um, you know what to do share like subscribe all the type of stuff you do um, again very humbled by uh, by all the messages and the comments and it's mental that you know I'm almost at a thousand subscribers and we've only been going for six weeks. Um, it's part, just <laughs> shows the West Ham family, West Ham community. Um, and until next time, everybody, uh, from me and Kevin, uh, stay safe, uh, take care. We'll see you all very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See ya. Come on, your eyes. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.